Welcome to the One More Verse podcast. This is John Nix, and I'm excited to have you along on this Friday, December the 4th, 2015. Today's reading was 1 Samuel chapter 28, verses 3 through 19, and chapter 31, verses 1 through 13. So come on, and let's discuss what we read together. Samuel, the beloved prophet and judge, had died. But Saul was in trouble. The nation had mourned for him, and Saul had done his best to try to set the nation in order. We have this mention that Saul had put the mediums and the necromancers out of the land. And so he's going about trying to carry out his political task. Perhaps he's trying to do the right thing spiritually in light of the fact that Samuel was no longer there. But no longer did he have Samuel's wise counsel. No longer did he have Samuel's direct line to the Lord. And so as he finds himself uh, around Gilboa and the army of the Philistines nearby, he's frightened. What is he to do? How should he approach this? And he goes to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord did not answer. He didn't answer him by dreams. He didn't answer him by Urim, which would be similar to the casting of lots or by the prophets. And so Saul is scared. And when we get scared and when we are in need, sometimes we act in ways that are hard to imagine that we would act in. But some, when we are in that situation, sometimes we will let desperate uh, means call for desperate measures. So Saul sets out um, and he asks his servants to go and find him a medium. He wants to go and inquire. And it's interesting that his servants are quick to say, oh, well, we know where a medium is. There, There's one at Endor. There's a witch who lives there. So Saul evidently did not have a whole lot of sway over his servants or his effort certainly hadn't been um, as demonstrative as it could because rather than ridding all the land of them, there's one that's there and his servants know exactly where she is. And so... Saul disguises himself and he puts on some other garments. Perhaps this is not just to trick this woman who, if she is a medium, she ought to be able to tell this, but perhaps it is to hide from the Philistine guard or not draw attention to himself. And he came by night. And so he goes and he asks for her to call up a spirit. And so the woman is not just going to be, you know, quick to do this because she reminds him, you understand that. It's not good for someone to practice this in the land for Saul has said that there's to be none and I don't want to die. And so Saul swore to her and he swore to her on the Lord. He said, as the Lord lives, no punishment is going to come upon you. And so she says, okay, well, then who shall I bring? He says, bring up Samuel. Now, it's interesting at this point that I want you to make sure that you understand. Yes, he is consulting a witch at Endor. She is a medium. And and Saul tells her, I want you to bring up Samuel. But it says that she saw Samuel and we were given no record that she did anything to consult him to bring him forward. But she sees him and she cries out with a loud voice. And the woman said to Saul, why have you deceived me? She begins to tell him, you're Saul. And he said, don't be afraid. What do you see? She starts to describe Samuel. She describes him as a God coming up out of the earth. He said, what what does he look like? And she said, an old man is coming. He's wrapped in a robe. And Saul knew that it was Samuel. 
And the interesting thing about this is that while he is breaking his own command, while he is breaking the Lord's command, he is still trying to act in a right and religious way. And as Samuel comes, he bows his face to the ground and pays homage. It is important for us to understand that when you are doing the wrong thing, no matter how religious you may try to be, no matter how you try to add different things to there, sin is sin and sin brings death and severe consequences. And Samuel speaks to Saul and says, why did you disturb me? And Saul begins to explain his plight. You can see that Saul has not developed uh, an intimacy with the Lord because he's still depending on someone else for his faith and for his salvation. He's not looking to the Lord. He does it. He, he still talks to him as if he's the Lord, your God. And so Samuel says, I, I understand, but you need to know God has turned away from you and you should not have summoned me. The Lord has not only turned from you, but he has become your enemy. Can you imagine a more formidable enemy? The Lord has become Saul's enemy, and God is going to tear the kingdom out of your hand, being, bringing prophetic fulfillment to what happened when uh, Samuel turned to go and Saul held on to his robe. He said, you, you did not obey the voice of the Lord, and all these things that are happening are happening because God had told you they were going to happen. And so it's into this situation that it goes from bad to worse because the truth of the matter is he's filled with fear but he finds out that he is going to lose his life not only him but also his sons they're all going to be in sheol which is the abode of the dead imagine what it must be like to know you're going to die the next day and so the Philistines initiated the attack against Israel. And as the battle pressed in and many of the troops fled and the corpses were just covering um, the slopes of Mount Gilboa, an archer found Saul. And Saul knew that he was going to die. And he didn't want to um, be caught in this kind of circumstance where he might fall into the enemy's hands and be abused. And so he looks at his armor bearer and he tells him to kill him. But the armor bearer was too afraid. Perhaps the armor bearer remembered the words of David who had an opportunity to take his life and he didn't. And so Saul took his own sword and he fell on it. And this armor bearer follows suit. His loyalty knew no limits and he falls on his sword and he dies as well. And so when the Philistines finally returned to Gilboa, strip the slain of their valuables and to um, take all that they could as far as treasure for their for themselves they discover the body of Saul and his sons and they decapitate the corpse they strip it of its weapons and they begin to celebrate throughout their kingdom Saul's weapons were eventually deposited in the temple of Ashtaroth and the Philistines went and nailed Saul's body and those of his sons to the wall but there's some men who hear about this. They march all night. They take the bodies of the family from the wall and they cremated the remains, perhaps in order to prevent any further desecration, and they buried them. And all of these things remind us that sometimes we have to be careful. Doing religious things does not negate sin. And no matter how you may dress sin up, no matter how you may try to do the right thing, if you're trying to do the right thing in the midst of doing the wrong thing, you will not be pleasing to God. God is not interested in your religious activity. He is interested in your heart and your devotion and your love. 
Saul learned a, a painful lesson. Saul was indeed reunited with Samuel, but it was not on terms that he would want. We must be careful to see the example of Saul. All the gifts, all the physical stature, all the things given even the kingdom by God. Success does not mean that you're honoring God. And not only that, but when you are disobedient, it doesn't matter how much success you may, you may find. God is not interested in your success. He's interested in your obedience. For indeed, to obey is better than sacrifice. Thanks for listening to the One More Verse podcast. For more information about Vertical Purpose or One More Verse, visit johnnicks.org. I would love to hear from you, so find me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram using the handle TheJohnNix. And don't forget to download the Vertical Purpose app for additional resources. Thanks again, and join me tomorrow for the One More Verse podcast.